0: Hello, and welcome to Sundays at Coastal. This week, Pastor Andy preaches a sermon from Ephesians chapter five titled, You Are Not Your Thoughts. Once shrouded in darkness, we all share a common journey. This shared experience becomes the foundation for our compassion towards one another. We achieve this by openly acknowledging our individual darkness, bringing it into the light. With God's guidance, we become aware of our thoughts Capturing them with the support of others and in turn extend the same kindness. The Kingdom of God is a familial space where each person unveils their darkness, allowing Jesus and all of us to embody kindness, compassion, and forgiveness for every wound and failure.
1: Hi, friends. There's literally no seats in this sanctuary. Did I mute myself? Hi, everybody. Welcome, welcome. If you're new or visiting this morning, welcome to Coastal Community Church. We're so glad you guys are here. Um, I want to, uh, one more quick announcement. Uh, we're the, there is a memorial this week on Thursday, 2 p.m. here in the sanctuary for Lily Piao. And uh, Lily I was on the worship team. Uh, she's uh, passed way too young uh, in her 20s, and so we're here to support Margie and Lily. Uh, she's a huge part of the Celebrate Recovery community, and part of our life of our church, so that'll be this coming Thursday, 2 p.m. here in the sanctuary. Um, Every single week as a church, we declare what we believe because we are a church community that is defined by this vision, and this comes straight from Isaiah 61, when Jesus opens up the scroll as he preaches about how the Spirit of the Lord is upon him to do new things. And the first is that for all of us with broken hearts, for all of us with wounds, for all of us who have, are lost, and that's all of us, in some section of our life, there is always hope beyond our brokenness, always. God is a God who always loves us, always cares for us. And that's what, I mean, we're gonna be talking about a lot today in, in this passage uh, in Ephesians. And so we believe that there's hope beyond our brokenness. The second part of what we believe is that we're called to put our faith in Him, to believe in Jesus, and to walk. That means to trust Him, to to say, this is what I believe, God, that that You're kind and compassionate and forgiving for me, and so I'm going to begin to operate, learn how to operate that with myself and others. We're going to talk about that today as well. And then the third thing that we believe is that we're always called to bring restoration right where we are, and so Eric got to bring it too. To Gabriel's life today how, how amazing is that and then Marcella gets to tell us in the second service uh, what that's like that's you Marcella uh, she's coming to both services today I can't wait uh, so uh, that's what we believe is a church each one of these truths has a choice that we get to make every single day so would you make if you want to make your choice to follow Jesus again today are you ready Today, I choose to be changed by Jesus, I choose to seek Jesus first, and I choose to join Jesus in His resurrection work. So, can I have permission to speak to your heart of hearts? That be okay? Yeah? Today, we're going to be talking about anger. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Uh, Today's passage in Ephesians is Paul continuing his theme that he's been describing over and over and over again in the book of Um, Ephesians, and it's perfectly summed up in verse 32 of chapter 4, which was where we left off last week, and it goes like this. Read this with me. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as, in Christ, God forgave you. Just as. The way that God treats you is kindness, compassion, and forgiveness. Therefore, treat other people the same. These are all words that describe God's love. Remember those two umbrella terms, hate and love in the Bible? Hate is when you make other people pay so that you benefit. Love is where you pay for others so they benefit. Make sense? Hate is where you make other people pay so you benefit. Love is where you pay so that they benefit. Jesus pays on the cross so we benefit with forgiveness. Jesus, the judge of the universe, holds our pain and suffers with us so that we can benefit from his kindness and compassion. Jesus loves this, us this way. Ready? There's a ringing. There's a ringing. Can we adjust the ringing? Is it me? It's, it's me. It's me? Can we adjust the frequency? What's wrong? Matt, make the ringing go away. You're the minister of magic. Do something. Is that better? Thank God. Great. Jesus loves us this way. Check this out. Are you ready? All the time. Jesus loves us this way. Ready? All the time. You don't believe that? Neither do I half the time. Oh, the ringing is a hearing aid. Whoever has a hearing aid, listen. Jesus loves you all the time. When, when, when we're doing great, he loves us this way. When we mess up, when we're faithful in praising him, when we're selfish and irritated with God that we can't be more selfish. He loves us, he's kind and compassionate and forgiving to us all the time. Jesus is always, thoroughly, forever, kind, compassionate, and forgiving to me and to you. That's how just, that's how he loves. So can I speak to the part of your heart that believes that for other people but not yourself? Yeah? So 11 people said yes. Yes. Can I speak to the part of your heart that is still looking for safety, significance, comfort, certainty apart from Jesus? Can I speak to the part of your heart that is so tired of messing up and you just don't know the way home? So God help us, help us right now, Jesus. Renew us, restore us. We just bind up everything opposed to Jesus that would be trying to prevent this message, prevent us from listening upon us or in this room. We cast it off of us and out of this place go to Jesus to be judged. Father, we need you and we love you and this time is yours. And all God's people said? Amen. Okay, are you ready? Ephesians chapter 5 verse 1. Here it is. Read with me. Follow God's example therefore. As dearly beloved children, what's God's example? He is kind and compassionate and forgiving, right? So read it again with me. Follow God's example therefore as dearly loved children, walk in the way of love. just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. So God is kind, compassionate, loving, forgiving towards you. So then what? Walk in this way of loving. Walk in this way. Do the same for others, and yourself. Paul isn't saying that you have to live with abuse. Paul isn't saying that you have to put up with awful behavior forever. Paul isn't saying, Paul is saying this, be kind. Instead of carrying around anger all the time, operate with kindness and compassion. Smile. (laughs) Choose joy. Choose to see other people that they are just as broken as you are. We're done with the self-righteousness of thank God I'm not them. Right? Right. We're all in the same boat. All of us. There's no room for self-righteousness and anger in the kingdom of God that we're so disappointed in other people's sin. That is evidence that you are not receiving the love and mercy of God for your own soul if you receive the love and mercy of God for your own soul, that God himself would die for you, you won't be mad at other people's sin, that they're sinning. You'll go, well, of course, I'm them too. That's what I do as well. Sure, it'll hurt, but you won't be irritated that they're a sinner. Make sense? When I needed hip surgery, my surgically repaired shoulder Said to my hip, hey, hip, just try harder. (laughs) Why are you so weak? Why are you such a mess up? Then the orbital bone in my nose, which is held together with titanium plates from when I tried to tackle a future NFL Hall of Famer in high school and (laughs) failed. Thanks, Tim Brown. Tackled him on the beach, got wrecked. My surgically repaired face said to my shoulder, hey, shoulder, be kind. When you blew yourself apart by throwing a two-pound piece of wood off the back of your truck, no one crushed you with judgment. Sure, you'll have to work harder to carry the crushes because Mr. Hip is out, but Hip work harder when you were out because he had to use himself to sit this body up. So be kind and compassionate forgiveness. And when I told my doctor this, I got a three-day vacation and meds. I'm fine, though. (laughs) Do you see what God is saying? Do you see what Paul is saying? Don't intend to be kind and compassionate. Walk in it. Do it. Don't intend to forgive. Speak the words. Every time I pray with people to forgive, they're like, Lord, help me to forgive. And I just stop them right there. He is, go ahead. (laughs) Lord, I just wanna forgive. Great, do it. (laughs) Your grammar matters. I forgive. You gotta say it out loud. Otherwise, if you're in your brain, you'll go, squirrel, I gotta buy groceries, right? You gotta, like, you gotta say it out loud, right? When you mess up, forgive yourself. If you use the tool of anger and condemnation and criticism on yourself, you'll get so used to using that tool that you'll grab it out of your tool belt and use it on everyone. Do you understand? Well, yeah, Andy, it's hard to be kind and compassionate to twits. Like me. It's hard to be kind and compassionate to yourself. It is, it's true. Well, so what do we do when we don't have that kindness and compassion and forgiveness in us to either give away to ourselves or to other people? I mean, you could go, what I did for 20 plus years, just perform, pretend. Oh yeah, absolutely I forgive you. Just kidding, I hate your guts. Right? You could put on the veneer of kindness, right? Oh, I feel so kind towards you even though I hate you, right? That's Don't do that, right? On my own, trying to perform kindness or compassion or forgiveness, I last about four minutes, okay? What's the other option? Here's the other option. Are you ready? It's crazy. It's nuts. But we get to receive everything that we need from God. Jesus, how do you do that? You pray. You, you literally pray this. Jesus, I need kindness and compassion and forgiveness for myself for, and for this person. I don't have it in me. Please give me all that I need right now. Do you want to pray that? Yes. Go ahead. Come on. Let's ask. Jesus, I need kindness and compassion and forgiveness for myself and for this person. I don't have it in me. Please give me all that I need right now, and then, and then, and then walk in the way of love. If you wait for your feelings to change, I'm just waiting to be kind to this person, God, right, then it's not actually a choice that you're actually making and walking in. You're just hoping that you'll get the emotions first rather than actually doing what you need to do. Does that make sense? When you step out in faith, as you're doing the thing that you, God is asking you to do, then He will give you the resources that you have. Does that make sense? Yes. Now on to the verses that is everyone's favorite, this by far the most highlighted verse in all of Ephesians. I know you have it all tattooed. <laughs> Are you ready? Here you go. Read it with me. But among you, there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity or of greed because these are in power for God's Now I love this because so many pastors preach on these passages of service, this passage and they just skip all of what we just talked about. Right? They just pull it out and go, "See, this is why we should condemn people, especially those non-Christians." Who's Paul writing to? Y- <laughs> y'all. <laughs> Me. Right. He's writing to the church, which means people with the church in the church are struggling here. Why? Because if you don't receive kindness, compassion, forgiveness for yourself, you will seek it somewhere else. Do you understand? Honey, listen. Honey, listen. 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 If you're not receiving comfort, safety, security, belonging, significance from Jesus, you will seek it somewhere else. This is not how weak people operate. This is how all people operate. How much money in your bank does not exclude you from this. How educated you are, or how middle-class white you are, or up doesn't matter if you graduated, so that you can get. You finally got that Tesla that does not exclude you from this. Make sense? The turbo on your car does not exclude you from this. So if you don't believe God will be your security, your provider, there's no other alternative except to be greedy and get more so that you can feel safe and secure with what you have. That's the only option. Does that make sense? You remember that phrase, bad, out, good, in? That's what we do all the time here when we pray. The bad is out and the good is in. That's called exchange work. I'm going to give Jesus what I don't want and Jesus is going to give me what I need. Bad out, good in. If you don't put the good in, what will you put in instead? The bad. That's how it goes. Paul gives another example. Verse 4. This is your next favorite passage. Nor should there be any obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse, coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. Now everyone got jokes, okay? Jokes are fine. Right? Nothing wrong with jokes. Just don't tear people down with jokes. Does that make sense? Don't drag yourself in your language down to the mire of disgusting things with your talk and your jokes. I love Tony Campolo, Methodist pastor, speaker, author, died in the early 2000s, but he said this. If you mix manure and ice cream, the manure isn't really all that affected, but it sure does ruin the ice cream. (laughs) What is Paul saying? It's pretty easy to understand, okay? If you're speaking kindness and compassion and forgiveness to people, and then you mix that with manure in the disgusting things that you say and talk about, what's spoiled? Your kindness and compassion and forgiveness. Now, here's my favorite verse of this whole passage, primarily because it's so massively misunderstood. Again, Paul continues with the same thought thread that he started at the end of chapter four. Here it is. Are you ready? Here we go. Read this with me. For of this you can be sure, no immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a person is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. And so many church wounds have been made with this verse because they say, well, if you do this, then you're out. Paul's talking to the church, y'all. What is he saying? This is not about eternal salvation at all, right? This verse has nothing to do with whether or not God loves you or not. God loves you. He's kind, compassionate, and forgiving to you all the time. He's kind, compassionate, and forgiving to you all the time. So what is this verse about? If you're attempting to find the benefits, the inheritance, the the joy that comes from God in other things, that is literally the definition of idolatry. Idolatry is just asking something else to do God's job, right? Please give me significance. Please comfort me. Oh, Amazon app, please provide all that I need. No matter how many brown boxes show up at your doorstep, you won't be satisfied. Does that make sense? I've tried. It doesn't work. Why? Because there is no inheritance there. The thing that we desperately need from God, a peace that never ends, a love that has no boundaries, a mercy and grace that is always given, the kindness and compassion of God to see me for who I truly am, even though I'm messed up here, there, and everywhere. I need that, my soul is designed for that, and it won't come with the car that I just got. How many people right now, you woke up this morning and you thought, I can't wait to use my Christmas gift, the same Christmas gift that you got two and a half weeks ago, that joy that you felt when you opened it, right? Do you still feel the afterglow of that? Or now that the credit card bill has come to your house, are you like, why, Lord, why? Why? There's no inheritance in trying to find life and love and security and hope and significance apart from God. It's literally not there. There's no inheritance. Does that make sense? Make God your treasure, Jesus says, and all these things shall be added unto you. Hold on to delight, rejoice in, and trust the love and forgiveness and hope of Jesus. And then you got something to give away, something beautiful to give away. I don't know if you know this, but when you're kind and compassionate and forgiving to people in your family, you're producing a generational spiritual wealth that will transform your family forever. Why is that so? If your kids see you being kind and compassionate and forgiving to yourself when they mess up, if you're kind, compassionate, and forgiving to them, what will happen? I'll tell you what won't happen. If you're not this way, when they mess up, they will hide, just like you did from your parents. And that hiding will lead to more hiding in every area of your life, and you will learn how to hide and then that thing that is in the darkness will turn into a monster and it will eat decades of your life. If you teach your kids, and I don't care how old they are, right, If they're 30, 40, 50 years old, show them now. Start now. Start now. When? Now. 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 Show them how to be kind and compassionate to yourself. Show them kind and compassion now, and what will happen is that in the moment of their deepest pain and their worst failures, you will be safe for them, and they will say, I can bring it into the light, and my mom and dad or my brother and my sister will love me, and then I can learn to receive forgiveness and forgive myself, and the thing that could have derailed their life for 20 years Is now healed And your family Will change for generations That's the inheritance That God wants to give you Make sense? So Paul continues Read with me Are you ready? Here we go Let no one deceive you With empty words Oh I love that Let's get him Right? Like, we're always waiting in these passages to be like, okay, kindness, compassion, forgiveness, that's fine, but when do I get to get (laughs) them? Therefore, do not be partners with him. What's that mean? Um, So, let no one deceive you by saying, hey, ditch Jesus. He won't give you life. Right? Find your hope and joy in these things that aren't Jesus. Does that make sense? You're the victim. Hold on to your bitterness. Uh, You deserve this, so hold on to your entitlement, right? Those are empty words, deceitful words. And what happens when we believe and partner with these deceitful words, right? I'll find my significance if I just make this much money, if I just have this accomplishment, if I just reach this goal. What happens when you partner with that? What does the the verse say? God's wrath comes on you. What's God's wrath? God's wrath. We've talked about this a lot in our church. Read Romans chapter 1, and God's wrath is, in verse 24, he hands them over. Verse 26, he hands them over. Verse 27, he hands them over. Verse 29, he hands them over. Literally, God's wrath is this. God allows you to have exactly what you want. All the punishment's gone. The cross took care of that. The consequences for what you want are real, right? When I drop something on my foot, oh, I missed. (laughs) When I drop something on my foot, I experience the consequence of that. That's life. God will hand me over to the consequences of my decisions. Right? So Paul is saying don't partner with them. I was talking to a friend this week about how we have a hard time letting people love us. Right? And if I partner with a lie that I won't let anyone love me, right, that I won't let anybody satisfy me, right, then God will let me do that. And then what? Then, then I'll be happy to meet your needs, but I won't let you love me. And then I'll feel more and more and more unloved until my heart is broken. God will hand me over to that decision because I'm partnering with a lie. I'm partnering with deceit. And then where is God there? Look, when God hands me over to his wrath, he's never absent from me. He's with me every single step of the way, wooing me back to him. But if I keep on choosing it, then he'll give it to me. And then what does he do when I'm in that awful, broken, desperate place? My heart has been hardened and now it's broken apart by the consequences of my life. I'm a wreck. I don't know what to do. Where is God? He's right there. And what is he like? Is he angry with you? Is he mad with you? Is he disappointed in you? No! He's kind and compassionate and loving to you. That is the power of the gospel. He will never leave me. I belong to him. I've been redeemed and adopted by the blood of Jesus. Now Paul goes to the last verses to put all this into practice. Are you ready? Verse 8. For you were once in darkness, but now you're in the light of the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather. Expose them. Oh, expose them. We were all once in darkness. That's why we can have compassion on others who are in darkness. We all know what it's like to be lost and now found. And now we're living in the light. So what do we do? Well, avoid darkness. That's a good start, right? Don't choose it. And if there is darkness in your life, have the courage to expose it with people that you trust. Why? Here's why. It's so much better for you to confess what's in the darkness and bring it to the light rather than someone else shining the light on it. After all, read this with me, nothing ever remains hidden. You can't hide Do you remember the 2019 wildfires down in Southern California along Sepulveda Boulevard along the 405 heading, like by UCLA? Remember that? Like they're all on fire, right? So a CNN photographer received his assignment to photograph the fires in those hills and the hills above Calabasas where the Kardashians live. And uh, so he went to the small Van Nuys Airport there and spotted his plane, hopped to it, said to the pilot, okay, let's go. So the pilot goes, okay, here we go. Took the plane off, and the CNN man said, look, take me closer to the valley. I want to see the fires. And the pilot said, well, why? And the CNN man said, what, what do you mean? Take me to the wild. I want to see the wildfires, of course. And then after a while, as they were heading closer to the fires and the smoke was rising, and the pilot was trying to navigate the smoke, the pilot said, so, so why are we going here again? And irritated, the photographer snapped sarcastically, so I can take pictures of the fire. And after a while, the pilot said, why do you want to take pictures of the fire? And this time, the photographer exploded. He's like, what do you mean? I'm a CNN photographer, and I take pictures of the news. Take me to the fires so I can take the pictures. The pilot took a long pause and leaned over and looked at the CNN man and said, "So what you're telling me is that you're not my instructor?" After all, nothing remains hidden. <laughs> it's so much better for you to confess what's happened in your life rather than to be up in that plane with no instructor, flying over fires, not knowing how to land or get back home. Here's another practical takeaway, and we'll end with this. When any thought passes through your mind, you have to take it captive because how do you know whether or not it's in the darkness? How do you know whether or not it's deceitful? How do you know, right? Well, when the thought passes through your mind, you literally have to slow down and take it captive. You grab the thought. You examine it. You say, is this from Jesus? Is his, is his kindness and compassion towards me in this thought? Is this helping you? You become a kind and compassionate person. And if not, where did this come from? Paul will write to the church in Corinth this verse, which I absolutely love. And this is is the language of warfare. Would you read this out loud with me? We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. It's the language of interrogation, right? We take the thoughts and we interrogate them. Hear me now clearly, brothers and sisters, you are, read it with me, not your thoughts. You can't be your thoughts because you are observing them as they exist in your head. You are not the things that float by that you hear. That's not, the, that's not you. Those are just thoughts. Thoughts. So grab that thought and wrestle it and take it captive and demand to know, where did you come from? Did you come from Jesus? If it's not helpful, reject it in Jesus' name. So this week I was literally teaching this in staff meeting, right? And the staff were joking about it. And I got irritated because I wanted them to listen to me because I'm so brilliant. The staff jokes all the time. In that moment, I was just being a prideful jerk. And so I pretended I was nice, and then I grabbed my phone, and I lashed out in a nice little jerky text, right? And I hurt my friend. I hurt a couple of friends with that. So literally, as I'm talking about take thought captives, I have not taken the thought captive that's running through my brain, which is... Well, they should be listening to me. I'm teaching them, and they're goofing off. I'll teach them. I didn't take that thought captive. you got to slow down just a little bit. And so I hurt my friends this week. Then what happened? Those same friends that I hurt took me out for dinner on Friday for my birthday And we're kind and compassionate and forgiving to me. This is the kingdom of God. You're going to mess up all the time. Be kind and compassionate forgiving to yourself, to others. When you don't have what you need, ask for it. Don't worry. We just sang that. God will give me what I need and the kingdom of God is this family when when the darkness is exposed in you that other people in this family called the kingdom of God aren't mad at you for being a sinner instead they are kind and compassionate and loving and forgiving towards you so this week Someone's going to be a turd in your life Let's go. <laughs> I was the turd last week <laughs> Remember, I'm only one page ahead of you <laughs> Be kind and compassionate and forgiving towards them And towards yourself And together we will change the course of our families and our community for generations to come. Let's pray. God, we love you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your spirit here. God, thank you for my friends who are kind and compassionate and forgiving towards me. God, thank you that you love me all the time. And I just pray your spirit upon these people, my friends right now, would you bless and seal this good news and good word in their heart. And would you just, I just pray against all the enemy's um, attempts to rob, steal, and destroy what has been spoken over them today. And when they find themselves in this week being angry or having a thought that is just dragging them down into the darkness, I pray, God, that you would speak to them. Well, you already do bring friends around them to remind them of the truth, and help them to walk in this way of love. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Would you stand for the benediction? Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord lift up His kindness and compassion to you. May the Lord lift up His countenance, that's His delight in you, and give you the peace that passes all understanding. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And all God's people said, Amen. if you want prayer, come forward. Otherwise, have a great day. We got great snacks for you.
0: Pastor Andy Rock is the senior pastor of Coastal Community Church. It's located in Grover Beach, California, and serves communities across the Central Coast. Join us online each week on Sunday morning at 9 a.m. for our weekly live stream. We also have two in-person services at 9 a.m. and 1040 a.m. in our sanctuary. Coastal Community Church is located at 1830 Farrell Road, Grover Beach, California. For more information, visit our website, www.mycoastal.org. Thanks for joining us, and I hope you have a great week.